Welcome to the ABC of Ita. Welcome to the ABC of Ita. The best uh, podcast around. The best podcast in the world. Yes, it's in English, so everyone can listen to it. International connections. Mm-hmm. Institutional. Affiliations. Affiliated curators. Mm-hmm. Very affiliated. We are affiliated with the world. We are the world. Through the letter J today. So today's show is uh, a discussion about all things starting from letter J. Joy show. Ooh. We're gonna have a lot of joy. Full of joy. Are you ready to enjoy? <laughs> I'm ready. To enjoy. Three, two, two one. Nice show today. A very joyous, joyful, joyful, joyan. Very. Okay. As people have uh, probably um, understood so far, yes, J is a very difficult letter to have a two-hour show. J, J is an extremely difficult fucking letter. Fucking difficult letter. Um, we're really going to be pushing it today yeah it's the first time so far that i had a difficulty finding songs right I have to say from 
bands and artists that Jamiroquai. Yeah, I did not choose Jamiroquai. <laughs> Why not? <coughs> but um, I've got some nice uh, stuff for you. Mm. But before we, because we've already listened to quite a few songs, maybe let's discuss now. Should we discuss a topic? Mm. Mm-hmm. Which sort of topic would you like to discuss? I would like a psychoanalytic topic. Let's start then with a psychoanalytic topic. Mm-hmm. And the topic is. Jouissance. Jouissance. Yeah. A French topic. Yeah, it's the best J out there. The biggest J, in my opinion. Okay, go on. So in French, jouissance means something like enjoyment, but in uh, Lacanian psychoanalysis. Yes. Jouissance means much more than just enjoyment. Okay. So. Jacques Lacan. What do you mean more than enjoyment? It is more more like intense, means the moment of um, really uh, intense kind of sexual orgasm, uh, I think. Uh, but isn't all enjoyment like this? No, because the English enjoyment is like enjoy a Coke. It's more like... A Coke is something very... Orgasmic, as you should know. <laughs> I know, I know. But in English, enjoyment is mild. It's milder than jouissance. Okay. In in French, it's more like Almodovar. Yeah, like uh, I can't bear it. Ecstasy. I'm so. I'm. It's so much enjoyment that I am like dying. dying. A small uh, death, as they call the orgasm in French. I see. I've never had such an orgasm that I was like, hmm, that was a small death. No. No. Okay. My orgasms are okay. Okay, uh, very good. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten? Like seven. Seven, okay. If I haven't had an orgasm for a long time, then maybe eight and a half. Eight and a half. It's a bit like the British system of um, humanities uh, grading. Grading. Yeah, exactly. You can never the get a nine. You can <laughs> the never distinction get a nine. is just the seven. Yes. So you're doing pretty well. It's mm-hmm. like a distinction. Yeah. Now that I have time to develop my orgasms into... I don't have that much of sperm. I think that's a problem. No? No. It's Little like a spoon. A spoon each time? Like a, like a, the big spoon, not the small spoon. Okay, well... <coughs> That's okay, it's not so little. But it doesn't go far, like in the porn. <coughs> ah, mine goes really far. Uh. I used to win all the competitions at school. <laughs> Did you play with children or with adults? <laughs> with children. Still quite yes. transgressive. Transgressive. <coughs> but I was also I thought a the child. children was competing about pissing, not about who comes further. Because you don't come until you're like... 13 yeah, that, I didn't say when I uh, did it when I was seven. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's go back to three sons. Uh-huh. So Jacques Lacan. Uh-huh. Oh, another J. Jacques. It's just Jacques. Jacques. It's not an, uh, Jacques, as they say in America. Jacques. Jacques Lacan. Jacques Lacan. Lacan. <laughs> Mr. Lacan. Like, like can, can you tell us what is this joyous sense thing? <laughs> Jewish sense. Uh, so basically he uses this uh, term in order to describe uh, the, 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 the pleasure the psych- but in the psychoanalytic terms he wants to actually to distinguish jouissance from pleasure uh-huh. because pleasure is when we feel something is nice uh-huh. but jouissance 
is what the subject of the unconscious enjoys, let's say. What, for example, when we do something, when we have a symptom, and for example, like um, an OCD, we keep uh, counting to three. Everything we do, we count to three. Right. Like an OCD symptom. Uh-huh. We keep doing it, but we are suffering. But Lacan says there is a certain kind of enjoyment there. Like there is In the jouissance. suffering of this. Yeah. There is a particular kind of enjoyment that the subject finds in these unpleasant, repetitive things. And that's jouissance. And according to psychoanalysis, the subject has to understand this kind of enjoyment. Where does this come from? Why do I enjoy this awful, repetitive thing that keeps me behind from being actually happy? In order to progress, let's say, in order to, you know, be more, be closer to what the what they desire. So that's the response. Okay. Did you uh, want more about it? I don't really want more. Um, yeah. I'm, um, it's uh, interesting that you start with the psychoanalytic concept. Is it interesting? It's a bit heavy, isn't it? Yeah, and I haven't even started because then there is the phallic jouissance and the female jouissance. Oh dear. Mm. Oh mm. dear. Mm. Mm. Okay. You don't, you're not really not interested. I'm not interested in the further analysis of jouissance. I think uh, I'm for interested those in, uh, in the audience who are interested, yes. there are very good books. I'm sure. <laughs> or they can call me. For Song private, private. The Jellies Jive Baby on a Saturday Night. Sounds really good.
doing okay? We're doing all right. Are you doing okay? Mm. Or are you doing all right? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Good. What's better? Doing all right. Is it? Whatever. It's not like sarcastic and ironic, right? I don't know. Oh my God, this show is so difficult. It's a really difficult show. Where is the joy? There is no joy, there is only jouissance. It's It's not even jouissance, it's melancholy. Is it? Jelancholy. Is it the jelancholy of the old times? Yeah. Should we have some jelly fruit? Yeah. Mm. Gelatinous jouissance. Do you want the word? Yeah. What's your next word? The next word is... Yeah. Jokes. Jokes? Yeah. We always talk about jokes. Yeah. We're funny people. Are we? I don't know. Are we? Do you like jokes? I don't think you like jokes. I actually really hate jokes. I thought maybe you can say something psychoanalytic about jokes. Mm. Didn't Freud write a book or something on jokes? Yeah, it's called Jokes and Their Relation to the Unconscious. And what does he say? It's basically... it's Nowadays, because, you know, Freud has been appropriated by the mainstream so much. It's kind of a common sp- commonplace that basically Freud says that um, our enjoyment of a joke relies to the fact that it's a repressed truth oh yeah it's not really i mean it was very exciting for when he said it because no one really talked about jokes philosophically like very few philosophers did um so it was kind of exciting but what about your other favorite one the slovenian she likes jokes doesn't she alenka zupancic yes it's very different because her book is called the the old one in and it's about comedy not about jokes. Okay. And, I mean, obviously there is a relation between the two concepts. But I think jokes are more about, like, more condensed. Yeah. It's like, also it's an everyday kind of transaction rather than an artistic expression, right? What, I mean, why do people like to make jokes? Isn't it, I, th- I think it's more like uh, jo- jokes are mostly to do with... Um, like sp- splitting people in clans, isn't it? Mm. Like you, it's it's about code, coding, codifying. It's, it's a interesting you say because I think most people think, oh, jokes is what unites us all. Like you go to the grocery and the grocery man does like a silly joke and you laugh despite the fact you are very <laughs> educated and this connects you. Like the the simplicity of the joke. No, form. if anything, I think jokes are the ultimate. Uh, Class. In indicator uh, yeah. of sub- separation. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. The the. Uh, I mean. I mean. We. Mm. It starts going a little bit. What you just said starts going a little bit. What we've. 
we were talking about in terms of common sense mm. and the notion of what is common and what unites us and so on. So you're right. like, for example, you're in a community, like uh, you're in a country like Greece, mm-hmm. and for a while jokes that uh, had uh, Albanians as victims were accepted as common sense. Mm. were accepted as com- uh, you know as a common joke and only the odd one out would say mm. hey maybe it's not nice to make jokes with mm. you know um with albanian kind of fools or something but like I, that i really 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 dislike the format of the joke that's like a small funny story I, with a punchline i i really like being funny in general i like jokes as an unexpected thing in the course of things but uh-huh. the, the little stories which are often like what you described they have like sexist uh, like racist punchlines uh-huh. i really hate the format where like, do, where does that format come from do you know i have no idea i think it's ancient or something <laughs> to tell to tell like a one minute story yeah with a punchline in the end yeah I've no what, idea. what did you think of this 90s trend to use this format at least it was a 90s trend in greece use mm. this format but then remove the punchline or have a non-punchline or something like this like, was that the trend yeah absolutely like you expect it you expect Well, an alternative trend. Let's right. Say. You expected one ending, and it was obvious it's good, it was going to go this way, mm-hmm. and then in the end it was like no, like it went like another ending, or it didn't have an like ending. an anti-joke. Yeah, something like this. I like that better, obviously, but still, it was formalized a little bit back then, so it wasn't. It started becoming a little bit annoying too. I think. What I really like about jokes and humor is like the unexpected element. So, uh, okay, these anti-jokes are better in that sense, but you can still kind of gather like where it's going. So difficult talking about jokes, I think, because it's like, uh, you know, it's it's very difficult to establish any kind of objectivity in terms mm. of what is a good joke a good and what joke. isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And of course you can, you know, of course there is my, uh, you remember my mm-hmm. uh, graph of jokes and funniness. <laughs> Would you like to <coughs> to describe it a little bit? It has to do with the repetition. So there was one category, about one uh, trajectory about the good joke and how many repetitions it can, it can take w- with while remaining funny. Yes. And then there was a second graph about the bad joke Which gained in in gained in fine funniness um, with uh, a specific amount of repetition or something like that. Yes, um, I, I mean it's a very it's a very strange graph. Yeah, uh, it says there is the initially good joke and the initially bad joke, which right. is already difficult. Mm-hmm. But let's just say let's agree on that. We agree on this, and then it says that. Repeated exactly the same, stays as funny, loses in funniness after nine times. The good joke. The good, the good joke. Mm-hmm. I, I think after nine times might be a bit severe. Yeah. Um, or removing the punchline gains in funniness for a few repetitions. Meta. Right. Or changing the punchline gets progressively less funny. And I, I, I say here, U.S. sitcoms. U.S. sitcoms. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of this. It's like the joke is initially good, but they milk it till it dies. And then, and then there is the repeated with a louder voice. Yes. Funnier the second and fifth time. And in brackets, I say performance art. 
Right. This is an extremely difficult. This is such an extremely difficult draft that <laughs> I'm not even, even sure myself how to. I think you dreamt of the draft, it. if I recall correctly. Did I? Yeah. It was an unconscious uh, <laughs> okay. methodology, which might, which should probably make it very exact, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people, um, I, I see here, as we we posted it in Fita mm -hmm. page, and people say it's funny because it's true. Mm -hmm. Like they believe that this sort of graph is is real. Um, I don't know. I, I think. But I, I like the, I, I like that I moved uh, from I moved from the, from Greece to the UK and they didn't make these kind of jokes anymore. Yeah, the little stories. The little stories. Um, I also my friend Tony helped me with, with a term uh, that ma that that made me understand a little bit um, the Greek sense of humor. Uh, he calls this sort of joke that has a that has this repetition of like one style thing and then he has like a, a similar one and so on. He calls this playground humor and he says that it's something that bonds children. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in, in England it bonds children, in Greece it bonds adults, <laughs> which I think is about as much as you need to know about well, Greek society. <laughs> oh, <know>? right. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> so yeah, this this idea that... Also, you get it in some. Uh, some people in were very disappointed with the mid-zeros British sitcoms that mm. repeat the same joke, mm. um, like Little Britain and so mm. on. And um, uh, Enrique Gervais made even a, a reference to that mm. in one of his series, uh, where a character gets his own TV series, but then they ask him to repeat a joke that he doesn't find funny and then everybody laughs at that oh my and God. it's like a catchphrase basically <laughs> that's the that's the the french the, the, the term is catchphrase oh right um so it's 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 um yeah it's this this idea that uh you know mm. like that the, the audience is always waiting for a catchphrase mm. and and um yeah i mean i think all these discussions have been opened up in Countries like the UK quite some time, mm. time ago, but but in Greece it, things are pretty terrible. There is there <laughs> right is still now. there is still a punchline uh, crisis. <laughs> yeah, punchline crisis, <laughs> humanitarian crisis of <laughs> of the punchline. And also of the puns, the puns. Oh, puns! Yeah, let's talk about that in the P in the P episode. But before you continue, I really like your uh, structural analysis of jokes because it's also funny. So it's kind of like a, a good medium for discussing jokes. That's because you know. I really, really dislike how sometimes in academia when they talk about jokes or humor, they're terribly unfunny. Yeah. Like Zupanchis, for example. My God, her book is so dry. Yeah. She does this joke, though, in the introduction of the book, uh, that someone goes to a cafe in Ljubljana and asks for a coffee without milk. And the waiter says, oh, but we don't have milk. And he says, then without cream. Oh. <laughs> and that was the first question my examiner asked in the Viva. I see you quote Zupanchik's. Would you like to explain this joke to me? And did you explain it? I, 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 I was terrified, like, because it was such an unexpected question, like, uh, to explain a joke. 
Because it's always so difficult to explain a joke, yeah. especially well, like the uh, good jokes. The good it's jokes. It's not so difficult to explain the bad jokes. Yeah. It's very easy. Yeah. But so yeah, especially when jokes start getting a little bit into the synesthetic uh, territory yeah. like this. It's always terrified. But it's it's actually good. It's a good question. Sounds like a good question. Because this joke is like really like Indian and it's very ancient. And so it was a good introduction. So, so we move into a song from a band from the Neue Deutsche Welle period called Ja, Ja, Ja. The song is I <laughs> Am an Animal. Very nice.
Some people ask me why I'm so stuck in this uh, mm. period of music. I never ask. You never ask. You, you think this period of music is good? It's good. And it's not even like I have a th- theory or a like a framework. I just every time you play something I like. So I'm like there must be something good about this period if everything he plays I like. Yeah. No, it's it's I mean it's not exactly that I'm stuck in this particular mm. period as such chronologically, although it da- it does end up being a bit like that. It's mm. more to do with the fact that I don't know, in in other periods it seems that playfulness always got a little bit too too much. Right. I don't know how to put it. Um that sounds a bit difficult. Yeah, it was like it's like if you look back into the 70s for example. Okay. It's o- always very like oh everything is very heavy and serious and conceptual right. but in a really kind of too much way. <laughs> and then if you look into the 90s it's it's kind of tries the, the people who were trying the hysterical stuff generally they were it kind of became a little bit doody if you know what I mean. I have no idea what the doody is. Like doody, like from dudes, you know. Ah, doody. Doody, like um, blokey, as they would say in the UK. My goodness. (laughs) Uh, Too much like boys kind of masturbating with how many notes they can play, which leads us nicely to the next keyword. Next word is jazz. Okay. Difficult. It's a word that you picked. Did I? Yes. And I'm wondering why you picked it and then I can talk about it because obviously I'm of the two. I uh, To I be have... honest, I was looking words starting from J. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was this incident recently on Facebook where we hung out a lot. Where someone said, uh, someone Greek said, oh fuck, I hate jazz music so much. And you were like, excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, can Excuse I say something? <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the black people who like jazz music? Not who like jazz music, who initiated. Invented. Invented. Yeah, invented. And she was like, I don't speak about the black people. I speak about the dreadlocks Greek guys who play jazz music. And you were like, yeah, but uh, excuse, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. How can you make this distinction? You littleless people. <laughs> yeah. I di- uh, look. It escalated and then she blocked you. Yes. Um, uh, but it was an interesting discussion, I think, because it it it, it, it is jazz music. It it signifies two really different things. Yes, and and there is a you know, and you like this uh, Stuart Lee joke yeah, about this. jazz music. But before I I will mention a joke. Yeah. Before I mention the joke, what is it? What is jazz music? Mm. Okay, jazz music has, as you said, two largely two strands. Mm -hmm. One is a connection with avant-garde music. Right. And one is a development from the blues. Right. Let's say. And um, not that they are haven't been connected, Mm -hmm. but they generally have two they're 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 fairly separate. They have two different histories, let's say. Yeah and and because I mean kind of and even purposes very much Mm. so because if you look at early jazz like the big uh, black singers, for mm. example, um, it was very emotional music. It was very, it was not very heady, like right. the sort of like what we n- connect with jazz nowadays. Uh, very emotional, beautiful melodies. It was, it was a little bit like a, uh, you know, a, a more complex blues, basically. Right. right. Uh, 
But then somewhere in the 60s, mm-hmm. there came this, this thing called fusion mm-hmm. jazz, mm-hmm. which was an atrocity, in my opinion, right. from uh, um, keyboard players like G. Corey and uh, Keith Jarrett and so on. Mm-hmm. And jazz started meaning basically chromatically scale-wise something still to an extent connected to blues music but actually it meant mostly aimless virtuosic soloing right uh, extremely complex uh, stuff to play that uh, where harmony and melody was not at all important mm-hmm. uh, and of course then from from this also came out things like free jazz and so on which mm-hmm. started becoming close to improv music um, so I think it's very difficult to talk about jazz music in general but it's easy to say that uh, jazz music cultures ni- nowadays frequently suck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. frequently suck um, so basically it's duty very duty and uh, very masturbatory and very mm-hmm. It's communication uh, methodology is, is very mm-hmm. much like, look at me, I'm so great and I can do all that stuff. You have a brilliant penis. And then there, are the, there is the other side of this similar, of, of, the, of the thing, which is like, oh, it's jazzy, so it's cool. And there's yeah. like this sort of, I mean, from the 90s onwards, the horrific stuff started like really multiplying and you had like all the loungy jazz things that were just basically I don't know cocktail music mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like this um, so yeah it started being very difficult give us the Stuart Lee joke the Stuart Lee joke is he, he talks about um, he was um, he said he, he was in a um, in a demonstration against the closing of a Nando's in East London. Nando's, for those who don't know, is a chain of of uh, chicken uh, of uh, like yeah Portuguese kind of yeah sort of Portuguese spicy spicy chicken chain. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and in London, in in some areas, it's quite big with the with the black communities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But within the gentrification narrative it's mm. been connected with the you know like oh it's a chain so we don't want it right so there is a complexity there mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know of course and so this black lady comes to Stuart Lee who was in the demonstration and and she says why do you wanna uh, uh, why don't you um, oh did I did I say the story wrongly yes, yes. The, the, the too much uh, hanging out with me too much hanging out with you the story is that he was um, yeah well not wrongly but I didn't mention the main thing which mm-hmm. is they wanted to open it at Nando's and that was what he was protesting but they wanted to open it in a place that had that was a jazz bar basically a historical London jazz, jazz bar. bar so they wanted to close down the jazz bar and make it Nando's and so He's, he, uh, she, this lady goes to Stuart Lee and she says, why don't you want a Nando's? Nando's, like black people love Nando's. Don't you like black people? Mm-hmm. And he was like really taken back in a way. And he was like, oh my God, what? I didn't realize that there is this narrative. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she says, he says, uh, yes, but this is a jazz bar. And uh, <laughs> I, 
my impression is that jazz, jazz is a music that is strongly connected with black cultures also, and uh, uh, you know, and it's a music that your people have invented. To which she responds, and then he goes obviously into the you know imaginary <laughs> territory. To which she responds, yes, but not the kind of jazz music that you like, <laughs> which is a which is actually a continuation of the European avant-garde. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this character. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> and she comes uh, with this. Uh <laughs> yeah. Counter argument. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I, I, I. When it goes to when it goes to moral dilemmas of, uh, you know, the the identity complexities of a big city, I don't think anybody else mm. has nailed it. Has been so accurate as 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 Stuart Lee. It's like. It's yeah. like spot on the complexity of do, you don't want a Nando's, but Nando's is important for some black communities yeah. and so on. But I think I think we should speak a lot about Surely when it comes to stand up com comedy because it's, it's stand up is really different to a joke and it's really different to stand -up a proper comedy. comedy. Yeah, but stand up when we when we reach stand up comedy, I think our main concern we will, will be, be old to be, people to be like uh, to it be will be years from now when <laughs> well, the S comes. No, I just wanted to say that it, our main concern <laughs> would be to to, be, to deconstruct it and kill it basically. Um, <laughs> I think that's okay for jazz for now. And you know what? I'm yeah. going to play a song called Jazzomat. Oh my goodness! By a little project called Jazzomat. <laughs> they, they only have one song, oh. and it's from a from a very obscure German compilation, and a very obscure song. Let's, and let's it's not see. exactly what you expect of jazz, but kind of is. So this is Jazzomat. <laughs> That was jazz or mat. Did you like them? I really like them. Is this the kind of jazz music you like? This is the kind of jazz music I like. Um, 
Yes. I used to actually, now you said it, I used to have this uh, compilation by my brother with Chick Corea and stuff like uh. that. But I used to force myself into listening them. Yeah, good times. Dreadful. <laughs> Dreadful. <laughs> and it's a bit like, you know, it's 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 in this pantheon of things mm-hmm. that you cannot really uh, criticize, a bit like Tarkovsky and stuff right. like that. The good taste things. Yeah, the good taste things. Mm. Uh, but, ah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the, actually, I really like the sinky, jazzy things like Nina Simone and stuff. Early jazzing is incredible. If I didn't mm. make it clear earlier, I should you make should it make clear. make it clear now, yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, Absolutely. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Because... You know, jazz is interesting, but... Not that interesting. There is more to life than jazz. So much more. Is uh, there? Our next topic... Yeah. Oh, no, it's not a topic, actually. It's not a topic. It's what not a topic. It? What, what is, is it? it? What is it? If it's not a topic, what can it be? I don't know. Philosopher of the Week! Oh, philosopher of the week! Of course, there is always philosopher of the week. And today, what a philosopher! Is it a philosopher? Um, mm, he was a psychiatrist. You, you, you take you take the word philosopher kind of openly, which I I, do. which is fine, which is fine. It's like someone who thinks about I don't know. This is an art show, and at the end of the day, it's not scientific. Contrary to some of our fans who. Claim that we're not accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We received uh, complaints about the improv definition, for example. And before we've received complaints about uh, specific uh, writers that Mm -hmm. you described. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it important to say that, to make a disclaimer, disclaimer. this is an art show? (laughs) It's not about... Achieving perfection? Uh, Academic scholarship. No. No. It's about the two of us talking shit about things. Is that clear? Saying that, we should mention that... That we both have PhDs. Which ha- does not happen in Greek art anywhere. Good. So, I mean, who can speak about 26 philosophers like without being a bit, you know, simple in some of the shows? Exactly. Give me some... Credit. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to have to repeat the thing with my mouth. Yeah. do 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 Philosopher of the week. Very good. Uh, the philosopher of the week is Carl Gustav Jung. Oh. Horrible. Horrible. This is probably the, the worst um, pick. Why would your philosopher of the week be someone horrible? I don't know. Why not? True. Should, should we always have like good people? No. So Carl Jung was also super influential for many, many reasons in many fields, especially English literature and film studies. For Films that don't even get me started. Did I trigger you? Don't even get me started. <laughs> I did film studies in the 90s, as you yeah. know, and it was fucking archetypes everywhere. Mm. And it really, uh, this sort of stuff really kind of pushed me away from psychoanalysis oh, because I actually thought that psychoanalysis is is really in 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 many ways the opposite of what it is it's mm. is about grouping experience together uh, mm. and and kind of trying to find yeah you know narratives that unite us and so on which I think which really kind of annoyed me 
Well, let's pretend the psychoanalysis is not that. No. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about you, Jung. You think that it is then? No? no, I mean, the problem with Jung is that... Um, okay, let's take it from the beginning. So Jung meets Freud. They become really good friends. Uh -huh. They develop this really intense friendship that resembles like a love story, basically. Really? Yeah. They exchange these really passionate letters, etc. They didn't have sex. Who knows? Who knows? Um, there is lots of slash fiction about <laughs> Freud Jung. No. Is there? No. <laughs> uh, obviously not. But what there should be. There should, why don't you write it? <coughs> what can I write first, Phil? I have so many things to write. Yeah, okay. So little time. So little time. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should apply for funding from the German or Swiss uh, <laughs> government to write a book about Freud having sex with Jung. Anyway, they travel together to America um, to for this big conference, psychiatry conference, and they have like an intense fight because it's a long trip. What can you do? <coughs> Five hours. It's not so long. What? With the fucking boat? Ah, with the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Five hours? I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So they come back, the, it starts crumbling, the whole relationship, and then Jung is like, you know Freud, do you know Zygmunt? Zygmunt? Ah, first of all, why did Freud want wanted Jung so much to be one of the students? Why? Because he only had Jewish students at the time, and he didn't want psychoanalysis to be a Jewish kind Field. of thing, because that would de delegitimize it. Especially in the Inter rise, internalized, um, especially in the rise of uh, Nazism in Germany uh -huh, at the time. Uh -huh. So he was like, "We need if the Nazis come to power, power and kill all of us. We need, we to need to some to Aryan at least child. one." Yeah, <laughs> he was he, literally, the, and he is the worst. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> he was quite smart, um, and then uh, Jung, but also very kind of unlike the other students, he had lots of ideas, lots of ideas, full of ideas. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, Freud, Zygmunt. Zygmunt. Why do you say that everything uh, in human life... <laughs> yeah, go on. In, ...in human life is uh, related to the childhood sexuality? That's silly. Children don't have sexuality. You're have you ever seen children having sex? You're making this shit up. I think that all the, all the things happen because uh, there is this thing called uh, the, what's the yeah. collective unconscious and people download uh, their ideas and perceptions about themselves from the collective unconscious. Freud is like, listen, listen. <laughs> the whole thing about psychoanalysis is about how the subject is formed through interactions with their environment. What are you talking about? And Jung said? No. <laughs> and that's it. He, he was like, you are a Jew. You don't understand how the universe works. Go back to, to Israel. Israel, yes. So they had a fight. And Jung uh, started his own school, basically, of psychoanalysis. In the meantime, he had a small of a psychotic breakdown. But he was like, hmm, these hallucinations are messages from the... Rah, rah, rah. Collective unconscious yeah, with yeah, wings. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Freud was like, oh, once again, I fell in love with the wrong guy. Yes. Because he already had this weird friendship relationship with uh, Flish. We had these weird ideas about old neurosis coming from nasal problems. Yeah. Okay, Jung was a bit better, mm -hmm. let's say. He didn't but break patients' noses. But the thing is, if you take psychoanalysis and you imply that all these, you know, schemas and ideas are in inherent inherent to human nature 
it's, it becomes fascism, basically. Right. And that's what Jung did, the Aryan <laughs> student. He became a fascist. Ta-da! And that's why it's so frustrating that the 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 academic left liked Jung so much in the in the eighties uh, and in the nineties. It's like what the fuck? This is bullshit. I remember that there were um, maybe it was a resistance to the post-structuralist tendency. Yeah, who knows? I don't know where it came from, but um, definitely in cultural studies mm. there was Freud and Jung. Mm. Lacan was definitely third, if mentioned. Mm. And in connection to film, I don't remember Lacan going there at all. Mm. Maybe Jung was useful to, I don't know, to talk about the way cinema creates these sort of, you know, role models. Right, or, or and the narratives, the, the archetypical narratives. I mean, th these things are useful when you write fiction. You can actually, you know, use them in order to kind of uh, produce narrative. Because, you know, there are like five archetypical narratives, five archetypes. You can actually... Are there? I mean, throughout history, you can identify them in many different cultural contexts, etc. Okay. And you can use them. That's what I'm saying. Even if they are not universal, they are convincing enough. Okay. Um, and who uses Jung nowadays? Most of them all. Who? The marketeers. The marketeers. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. What can you do? Well, he sounds perfect for marketeers. Yeah, <laughs> he found what he deserved. And uh, I'm gonna move to a song, right? And it's from a band called Young Analysts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi there, Gates. If you're getting nervous and planning to cut out, don't. Here's a mess of groovy glue. Yeah. 
the birdie jack. Watch the birdie jack. Watch the birdie jack. Analysts. Straight from the collective unconscious. Yes. Um, so we are back, the ABC of Itat. I Letter mean, of the day is J. You ask me why I'm, I'm interested in, you know, this period. And it's like someone in the Actually 80s you would ask call... Yourself, I ask myself, yes. Someone, someone in the 80s straight. would call themselves the young analysts as a pop band yeah. you do realize that this is like intriguing for me because mm. nowadays no one would do that yeah uh i don't know what has happened something uh, this this idea that the you can use um uh po- a pop medium to mm. do something uh, very Highbrow mentioning. Mm. I would say this starts from the 60s. Right. So, for example, I don't know, Monty Python's doing a summarized Proust in 15-minute competition. Even like the Beatles being, uh, in a a way, a pop project, like flirting with uh, the avant-garde. No, but I don't mean that. No? For sure, yes, this is the period, but I don't mean that. I mean... Referencing, ah, referencing right 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 high culture yeah referencing high culture yeah. and kind of making fun of it but also in a way dealing with it which right. is what we do you know they're called young analysts you know yeah uh, this comes with a it's a quite heavy name of what could be behind that it's not right. you know they're not they're not called the tree and the window you know mm-hmm. um so um yeah it's um I'm interested in 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 a way in the way that that period kind of tried to deal with uh, with the highbrow and the pop. Mm-hmm. Pop. pop, pop, pop. My my microphone, my microphone doesn't do it. Your microphone doesn't pop. My mind pops. Yeah, good for you. Next word is. Next word is. Uh, <laughs> juggling. Juggling. I don't know. It's like we're running out of words, obviously. Juggling. <laughs> like juggling, yeah, the juggler. You know? Juggling. It's quite popular in Greece. Yeah. No? Is it? Yeah. yeah, because you don't drive, you never see them. They are in the like traffic lights and they do juggling. It's really sad. Juggling. No, actually, it's not sad. It's I, I hate them. <laughs> um... That's kind of terrible because the ones that you're describing are people who are poor. They're doing it for some money in the yeah, traffic right. lights. Well done. Thank you. I'm not a good person. Um, juggling, I must say that I'm... Can you juggle? Can you juggle oranges, for example? I can do two. <laughs> That's not juggling. That's like throwing oranges from hand to hand. <coughs> I'm I can juggle two oranges. No, it's only juggling if it's three or more. I'm sure you can Google it. 
You mean my juggling is not... It's not juggling technically. <laughs> technically. You can call it whatever. You can call it a circus, like Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make it juggling. Look, I, I don't... I mean... I'm Obviously, I cannot. Why? You, you can, you've you, seen you me cannot, walking. And you cannot like even hold two oranges. <laughs> <I don't think>. <laughs> <laughs> not, not throwing it. From. You can maybe throw one from one hand to the other one orange. But, but with a lot, of, uh, a lot of concentration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like um, and med- meditation. Um, I don't know why juggling triggers me so much. I think I have, I have issues with technique. Hmm. Yeah, because you hate the virtuosity. I hate technique. I hate this idea that you try something and try it and try it and try it and try it until you manage it. I hate it too. That's why we are working together, I think. I mean, what is the point of that? Tell me. Okay, you, you, you... You do it a million times. Yes, and at the end you can throw three oranges in the air. What? I don't know what why I don't know why they that would do it. That doesn't do anything. People have done it in the past. Yes. So it's not like you're kind of pushing mm-hmm. you know humanity it's to not a new it's territory. Not also it's not sublime in any way. No, it's really <laughs> like okay, maybe maybe if it gets to conceptual juggling. To no, but maybe if it gets to like doing fire for example, yeah. juggling fire, then that can get a little bit more into the sublime territory. Mm. Although when when I think for me the most interesting thing about when I see fire being juggled mm-hmm. is to imagine what happens if the person get goes on fire. The thing, or do you think that's for everybody? Yeah, for everyone. Everybody looking. thinks that possibility that yeah. at any moment the person is going to be on fire, and it will be very entertaining. But I have more. I, is that is that what people? Are you sure that this is everyone what people? Everyone thinks, thinks of everyone that. Thinks? Except of the mother, I don't know of the juggler. <laughs> do the jugglers have mothers? Who knows? The mothers say you shouldn't juggle because it's dangerous. It's like fire. <coughs> Do it with normal oranges. Why do you have to set them on fire? <laughs> oranges on fire. <laughs> but listen, I have more petty reasons for hating jugglers. Okay, because you have on. a more kind of existential kind of, oh, what are we doing on earth with our lives? Yeah, spending all this time trying to specialize on something very specific. And useless. Yeah. I have a more, more petty reason. You know when you go to a Greek island? Yes. And you go, because you are like semi-alternative, you go to the naked people. You are semi-alternative. <laughs> semi-alternative. Um, I go to the naked beach. And uh, there are the, 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 the people with, white people with dreadlocks being naked and juggling. I have not seen this image. <laughs> it sounds severely disturbing. <laughs> Naked Greeks with dreadlocks <laughs> juggling yeah. in a nudist beach. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I know. It's really disturbing. Why but would they do that? That's not even the end of my story. Okay. Okay. And they always have these really good bodies because they do like acrobatics. I don't believe in good bodies. Oh, for fuck's sake. They always fit, let's say. I don't like the term fit either. What do you want? What do you want from my life? They are thin. <laughs> They're not thin. They're, they have muscles. They're muscly thin. Okay. And you're like, oh, why do they have these bodies? They're useless nothing. I'm jealous of these bodies. Okay, it's really like bad for me to like this kind of bodies. 
You're jealous of their bodies. But and the best part of my pettiness, mm-hmm. they always have large cocks. Do they? But when they are like, they are like a sh- what we call showers, not growers. How do you know that? Like you can ask. You can go to Exarchia, find people you trust, and ask them. Do jugglers always have big cocks when they are like in nudist pitches? And the result is they always the the dreadlocks juggling people always have large showy cocks because I don't know how they are hard. Obviously, they are not going around juggling with a hard on. Although that would be <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> yes. So I hate uh, them. So you think that it's part of the deal that they they've been told, oh, your cock looks nice. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, I'm gonna juggle naked, and then you can see my cock while I'm also juggling. Yes. So it's this continuous display of cockness, basically. It's unbearable. Look, I have not had this experience that you describe. Yeah, I know. I'm I, just sharing. It's very triggering uh, from what you I've described. I've seen it in Ravzos last year. I do not go anywhere near these sort of hippie islands. It's that really you beautiful. Go to. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I would never go either. And um, I, I, I can imagine being severely triggered from what you described because I am triggered already by... Um, the dreadlocks. Yeah. Without the rest. Even without the dreadlocks. <laughs> I don't like people juggling. I, I <laughs> Yeah, it annoys me. I think it's probably... Okay, look, if I'm, if I'm really harsh on myself. Yeah. I think it also comes a little bit from the fact that I always had a difficulty with craft. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not like you, that yeah. you are the level of, I don't know, five-year-olds in terms of dexterity. Yeah. But I never could, for example, when I, did the, when I used to play the piano, mm-hmm. perfecting the notes mm-hmm. was always, for me, the most difficult. Yeah. But um, at least you did. I, like I, I, actually, I quit. I, I, I could actually then do some interesting things on the piece, as yeah. much as an, a session musician can do. Yeah, but um, I could never play well. Like I, I would even and when I went to play live on a you know show or something like this, I always made mistakes. Like oh, really? it was impossible for me to play the note well. So mm. m- m- this notion that you know you you gain this kind of body memory when you mm. repeat something doesn't really resonate with me. Me neither. I, with you. Obviously, if anyone remotely knows you, <laughs> they would know that any form of ability does not resonate with you. <laughs> I'm fine, Phil. I've done things in my life. You cannot, I mean, sometimes when we play live, there's like the text is like three sentences and you cannot remember it and you wrote it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I do Pilates lately, but let's, let's wait for the P episode. Okay. Before um, we go into that territory. So it's fine. I think we've then, talked a lot about juggling. juggling. I don't have a what? Any any project that has to do with juggling. Oh no. No. But I can play the closest I get to this. Yeah. Which is a song called Triangle. How is that? J? It's a, an artist called Jackno. Or Yakno, because he's French. Right. (laughs) 
So, oh, we're back. Like I didn't like Yanko. No? Ja- Yak, no. no. Why not? It's a bit dull. Maybe I didn't pick a really good song, actually, because mm. there, there are others that are, like, much... Um, Nicer. Yeah, and he's quite important because he... Very produced. important. I've never heard of him. Yeah, he produced a lot of uh, French stuff, like Mathematique Moderne. Ah, okay, I've, so I've heard of them. So, no, but, like, yeah, it's... Um, anyway, you're, we're back with the ABC of Fita. The terrible J episode. The really difficult J episode. We're scraping the barrel really with, scraping. Uh, with the <laughs> topics. Because, <laughs> like of course, you do realize... Juggling took us. So yeah, I mean... To special what, places. What can you talk about when it's a J letter? I mean, I mean, at least look. The next word is kind of important. Look, the things are looking up because then yep. we have K, L, M, N. These are all going to be good. O, bit more Not difficult. So a bit more difficult. But P will be good. Q, terrible. God help us. But then we have R, S, T. Again, good mm-hmm. things, good and place. we'll see what happens with the end. You know, we might all mix them together. Who knows? Right. It's not going to be twenty-six shows. So I would say that it's been a little bit difficult now because we did, you know, H, I, J, one after the other, and yeah. they've been all quite difficult. Right. So hopefully, yeah, the show is going to pick up as of next week, or otherwise we shut it down forever. Forever. Um. So, what is the, the next, next word? word is jerking off. Ah, jerking like off. Like masturbation. Wanking. Wanking. <laughs> also, like in Greek, uh, malakizum gives us the word malakas, a very popular Greek word. Yes. Which, which is... Uh, so, all of the words about around masturbation are all, like used to signify the the jerk, the the, the asshole, the, the the bad guy. Yeah, well, in Greek it's not quite like this because mm. it also can mean like buddy. In buddy, a way. yeah, true. But um, jerking off, a very broad topic. Very broad topic. We can, I mean, when did you start jerking? We off? could even we can even talk about. Let's talk about personal stuff. That for. You know, until the end of the show, until really. The, until the end of time. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as that, but... Uh, um, yeah. Making w- love with someone you really hate, as Woody <laughs> Allen says. Is that what he says? No, he actually says with, him, with someone you really like. love. But come on, does Woody Allen love himself? Like, this joke doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's true. Um, Fucking hell. Woody Allen's so bad. I hate him. You hate Woody Allen. But you like him. Look, it's not like I think Woody Allen in general is really good, but yeah. I think he has an, you know, a body of work of like a hundred films, of True. which I think there are like three or four that are really nice. True. You know, it's not like... I don't... And in fact, I don't... I tend to prefer the films that he's not in. So, for example, yeah. in Radio Days, he's not in at all. There is right. like a little kid that plays himself, mm. that plays him. Right. Um, but he doesn't. He doesn't appear. Um, yeah. Let's not talk about. Anyway, yes. Woody Allen. Um, <laughs> jerking yet. off. When did I start jerking off? You yeah. asked me. 
Uh, Who introduced you to the practice? A friend of mine from uh, uh, the English uh, lessons. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's, he was like three years older. And he said, oh, um, you know, when you, when you watch porn and you get like excited, you know, you can also do that. Oh, very nice. I was introduced by the, 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 the chorus of boys in the boys camp I used to go, where they, there used to be the, the kind of group activity of all together, the, all the boys jerking off. The bo- you were all jerking off. Yeah, but not like touching each other. Just jerking off in the same room. And one of the kids, the, the, the head of the chorus... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was saying, now, <laughs> you have to come now. No, no, he would narrate a, a dirty story. Really? Like a porn, like an improv porn What? Mm-hmm. Literotica? Yeah, yeah. Like he improv literotica. We would all decide who would be like the lead character from the women we knew from the camp. So we would choose someone with big tits or something. Um, and he would have a story about her being fucked and stuff. He was a very creative guy. I think now he's a Nazi, like an actual Golden Dawn Nazi. As many from your beautiful <laughs> circle, from your wonderful hometown. Um, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> okay, it's a nice story. Yeah, Circle Jerks. I mean, I've I really like Circle Jerks as a concept. Uh huh. I think it's it's a something that's missing from the sex culture of our days because everyone is like obsessing about group sex like cam sex that's extreme and but i think i like the prohibition of circle jerks that you can all gather but you cannot have blowjobs no not like penetrative sex there are quite a few communities you can you can just jerk yeah but each other yeah that's allowed is it yeah 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 but not t- touching like only touching the cock, not touching the ass, not grabbing like nipples, not kissing. Oh, it's difficult. No, it's really good. I'm not going to say if I've been in one of these communities. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say. <laughs> in, in, in London, I'm not going to say that. But? But if I was... It was great. The host... <laughs> yes. <laughs> would have uh, have um, would have had um, a machine in the living room that is for ironing doilies and big sheet. You know what I mean? Like a big cylindrical ironing machine that is for <laughs> doilies. Yeah, but. W- w- how is that related to the jerking off? Yes. The person who was hosting this jerk off like community of people had also in the living room <laughs> this massive, massive machine that was for like ironing sheets and curtains. I found it interesting. Did you ask the person? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this machine? And he's like, it's for ironing. And I'm like, why do you have it in the living room? Why is it so big? Mm-hmm. He was like, I really, really like ironing. <laughs> um, y- and you didn't say, 
but we definitely should not touch anything other than cocks. <laughs> <laughs> he likes rules. He's a principled man. Of ironing. Mm. It was really good. Because in order to enter the community, you had to send a tick pick. Really? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Like, only? Only. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to have a, a beautiful cock. Otherwise, they wouldn't take you. No. And they're straight. Well, whatever. They're mixed. Actually, some of them are kind of straightish, but most are gay who just want to live the fantasy. Okay. Anyway, we went a little bit too much into circle jerks. Sorry. Um, but did you want to discuss more in terms of jerking off? Since um, you brought up the, the, the topic. It's really difficult, like, if you want to have a good jerk-off. Yeah. It's really difficult. You need, like... It's really difficult? If you want to have a good one and not just one to get it over, it's difficult. Why? I don't know. For me, I ha you have it's to find... It's difficult? You have to find the right pornography. You need to have time. You need to have quietness. Quietness, whatever. Yeah, these three things are not so no. difficult. Finding the right porn is really difficult for some of true, us. True, true. I, I can accept that. Yeah. What do you think about jerking off while being in a relationship? What do you think? What do I, what do I think? Is it like controversial? I think it's silly if it's controversial. Yeah, I agree. I think it is frequently controversial. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Not controversial, but let's say, I don't know. The other person would prefer if you didn't do it so frequently. You can keep the cum in a little box and give it as a gift. <laughs> in my case, a much, much box. <laughs> because I don't come much. As you told us <laughs> earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why it should be such an issue, but it often is. Mm. It's a bit like you're wasting... The seed of God towards, like, you know, existence. <laughs> it's like you, you're making your sperm existential as opposed to romantic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difference in, you know, position to creativity. <laughs> to God. And God, yeah. Um, On that note. <laughs> I really like jerking off. Really? Yeah. I you feel should, I you should feel be part of the community. I feel bad. No, I'm not I'm not too I I'm not too sure if I I don't like others jerking me off. Mm. So I'm not too sure about this. Oh, um, you want to be in control. So can someone else make you come with their hand? Rarely. Mm. Oh, I hate this. You hate what? This kind of selfishness. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have that. Um my cock is a, like a public domain. Anyone can make me come. Really? Like someone coming by. A, l a little dog? <laughs> <laughs> a little child. <gasps> you, we can't say things like that on the radio. Yeah, no. It was a joke. Apologize. I am really sorry. For your terrible taste. It's really bad taste, actually. Yeah. So if someone doesn't like it, I'm really sorry. That's not a good apology. No, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't. Yeah. Let's go on. Is there anything else you would like to mention about... Um, jerking off. Jerking off. 
We shouldn't jerk off in public. It's not polite. I think I dreamt of something like that a few days ago. Really? Yeah, and then I got handcuffed. Oh, that's a very good dream. Yeah. Such a pity. Like the you police, don't have an analyst to the, share the it with. The police came and they were like, what are you doing? You're not like, you can't really do that. And I was like, I know. You know when I jerk off a lot. When I have exams. When you have exams. I jerk off all the time. In between exams? <laughs> no, at home. <laughs> and I haven't had exams in many years, obviously. But I remember I used to really pull it at times of um, exams. Okay. Is that interesting? Mm. Medium interesting. Medium interesting. Like the show today. <laughs> like the show. Should we, we move to a song? Yeah. F- since we're talking about jerking off, yeah. a French singer. <laughs>
So, we're back. We're back. You're listening to the ABC of Vita. The best podcast in the world. Although, if you've just heard this podcast for the first time today, you would wonder... You would be like, that's where not does, the best podcast yeah, in the world. Where does such confidence come from? <laughs> um, yeah. J has been a very difficult letter. Challenging. However, we'd like to say thank you to all our friends and fans who watch this show. And so, patiently, every two weeks. Like heroes. Yes. And they, they send us their complaints, their feedback. Yes. Um, it's really great. Fantastic. It's been important to have this sort of support when attempting such a difficult thing as to have 26 conceptual shows. A gargantuan. No other artist has attempt. ever attempted such a large-scale project as this, apart from the Olympics. <laughs> um, so, um, I think we have maybe one or two more concepts mm -hmm. for the day. Um, what is our next concept, Fibos? Um, F89. Next concept is... Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Oh, this is not this. This is a little bit different to stuff to that we normally yeah, do. Yeah, like to jerking off. <laughs> um, it's quite different. It's quite different, and because we don't really usually have like abstract terms like that, do we? I mean, we ha we we used to have in earlier shows, but they didn't fly. They didn't. They didn't what? Fly. Fly. They didn't like go well, yeah. so we decided to have more words like jerking off and so on. It's easier to speak about experiences and stuff. It's easier to, to talk about populist things and keep the audience's attention. It's not like the audience is that large anyway. No? No. So why juxtaposition? So why are we doing this show? <laughs> juxtaposition no. is... Define the what term. Is it, what is that? I don't know. You did the PhD on juxtaposition and stuff. I mean, I didn't do the, the PhD exactly on juxtaposition. Yeah, kinda. Uh, I don't know. Should we? Well, the 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 the, um, the, the term from mm -hmm. the dictionary means the fact of two things being seen or placed close to it together with contrasting effect. Right. Look, to an extent, yes, my PhD is about that. My PhD is about parallelism, though. Right. Do you understand parallelism? I do. Okay, parallelism, should I explain it? Yes, please. Parallelism is two things being seen or placed close together. Right. Without the contrasting effect extra bit. Per se. One can say that anything placed next to each other... Is a juxtaposition. Is a juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it is two very similar things... Because there is a contrast in the very fact that they are like... Two, two. and next to each other. Um, but I think... If if we take that not to such a even if they are identical in a sense because you 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 challenge if there are two you're like you're going a little bit into the Deleuzian repetition okay, and different not, stuff. It's not um, my intention. Um, but if we if we don't take it so if we don't open it up methodologically so much okay. and we keep it to actually two different things that things. don't normally usually go together, mm -hmm, let's say, mm -hmm. I think this is. Uh, maybe my favorite way of creativity. Right. Um, because, uh, I don't I, know, somehow I'm very, very, very attracted to bringing together two things that don't normally go together. I think, like, in a sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
this is like almost the underlying mechanism before metaphor. So you have two different things and the human brain is like... Uh, Gluing them together. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of the world all the time and try to make sense of yes, these two things together. So I'm like opening up this space for thinking these things. Yes, but whereas, whereas, I mean, the in my... Let's say, if, if there was, let's say, imagine a, a, a spectrum, like right. a gradual thing, mm-hmm. and if parallelism is on the one end, mm-hmm. juxtaposition would be on the other end. Oh, really? And, no, listen. Okay. In my graph that I'm right, right. drawing at this moment, if parallelism is on one end and juxtaposition is on the other end, metaphor would be somewhere in the middle. Right. So what I mean is... Um, Parallelism is basically two things next to each other without any predetermined uh, task. Right. Juxtaposition is putting next to each other two things to make a point that are making a very specific contrast, contrasting point. Mm-hmm. And metaphor is something in the middle. Right. Um, it is to you know you put two <coughs> things together to make a point, but you don't close it to this extent of the juxtaposition. Mm. Yeah. Do you do you follow it? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, in my, in my, in my PhD, I talk a lot about the difference between uh, metaphor and parallelism. Mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. juxtaposition doesn't feature. Um, essentially, I'm saying that if, if uh, uh, Sergei Eisenstein right. uses metaphor, yeah. and this is the base of the cinematic montage, um, Giga Vertov uses parallelism, and mm. this is the base of a cinema that never really happened. Who is Vertov? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vertov is a, uh, you know, is the one of the most important. The 20th century cinema hero that should have been uh the instead of Eisenstein but never was. So um tragic. So um because he was essentially the difference between uh parallelism and metaphor and and uh, Vertov and Eisenstein is a difference between one could say autonomous anarchist politics and communism. Um, what? That's a difficult metaphor too, <laughs> because there are always there are already many layers in the, um, in the first uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. Uh, let's leave a little bit yeah. the parallelism and metaphor thing. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't want to complicate things, but is you? I love. I metaphor love as a symbolism. Metaphor frequent frequent metaphor can have symbolism inside right. it, but no symbolism is a is a single element, is a singular element. Yeah. Symbolism is like I want to say cock and I say cigar. Right. Like you know, there is it's the replacement of a single thing but for something else. That's a metaphor, though. No, a Using metaphor. Cigar, a, a me- uh, no? no, a metaphor requires two things and uh, and uh, and the movement from one to another. So. So um it's a, it's a, it's a it's a kind of a it's a it's a structural thing in the metaphor both of the objects have to be present oh whereas in a, a symbol is you know you only use one and it's already replaced the other okay o- of course all these things are interconnected, uh, interconnected. i'm not yeah, saying yeah. that you know that like one thing stops there and the other begins yeah, yeah, there yeah i understand i understand um so yeah i i think 
to an extent, I would say a metaphor requires a predetermined symbolic system, if that's what you're asking, right. in order to be perceived mm-hmm. to an extent, okay, not completely, right. but to an extent, whereas, whereas a, par- uh, in a, a parallelism is a, is a, is a is free-floating yeah. uh, space. You know, it's like I'm putting these two things Almost together. Almost like a sensorial experience. Yeah, like to see what happens kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, juxtaposition is the firmest kind of metaphor you can make like it's a, it's a, it's almost like it's not even a it's it's so extreme the the con- contrast that you're trying to achieve there that it's it it becomes the the the, co- the contrast itself becomes more important than what these objects are right. so you know on purpose for example you're putting something highbrow and pop next to each other mm-hmm. for effect right or you put like um you know, like the image of a, of a, a little animal and then next to it you put some blood and you, you create these kind of peta adverts. Right. Uh, this, is, this, this is what I understand as juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know, I, 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 I used to be afraid of it. Really? Methodologically, very much so. Because you thought it was like really directorial. Um, In a way you're like... Making yes. a very crisp uh, yes. point. And, and then at some point, um, I remember we, when we were doing a... a fascistic. A, I wouldn't say fascistic, but I remember it. I, I, I always thought that um, if it's so, um, you know, that, 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 yeah, it doesn't leave much much freedom. Yeah, I, right. I guess fascistic, whatever you say. Yes, yes. Um, but then... I started thinking this concept, which I discussed, uh, which very much became the sort of things we do with Fita, I think. Um, but also, I, I, I remember discussing it with with my, my friend Alex, our friend Alex, about this idea of the abstract concrete, mm-hmm. and whether there can be something which is concrete abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, you know, yes, you can take two things that are very specific and put them next to each other. Yes. But that doesn't mean that because they are very specific things, the reading of it will be also closed. Mm-hmm. So that was for me something that I was like, oh, okay. Because I was also somehow divorced from real language. I, I, I thought that real language is something very prescribable and specific. Right. Whereas I thought, for example, an image is a much more open signifier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, actually you can, or you can take something like, I remember when I saw, for example, Wolfgang Tillmans, that right. was the moment that I was like, fuck, you know, like putting like the image of like the sun and next to it, putting the image of a cock. Yeah. This is actually extremely open and like, mm. you know, you can do some fantastic things with that. You don't have to have the image of a sun and the image of another abstract thing. Right. Um, yeah, and that was for me uh, the moment where I realized, oh, you can do some, you know, you can do some fantastic things with juxtaposition mm-hmm. um, that don't necessarily need to... Because the other thing that I was always... And I and to to an extent, I'm still kind of worried when using juxtaposition. Is am I doing it for effect? Am I doing it just because? Oh, you know, like Athens theater kind of. Oh, let's put that and next to it we put that and it's like oh, you can't do that. You know, it's not yeah, like this. Like the shock. Uh, yeah, effect. yeah. Obviously, that's the that's the most stupid thing you can do right. with uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, the question is, does 
does when you juxtapose two things, does it create a dialogue between them after the shock effect? Right. Um, and that's difficult. That's yeah, when you start getting yeah. into the very difficult poetics. And I think us as Fita, we frequently have this question. Like, are not we always now, with the success. Not always with success. Sometimes we make some things and we look back and we think, oh, that's kind of like stupid yeah. shock value. But it didn't open the discussion we would like to open. Like, it's kind of... It's difficult because it's it's like making a statement, I guess. Um, yeah, and 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 uh, if you're gonna do something and you need to react, you need a reaction from an audience. You're never really sure how it's gonna go before it's actually perceived. Absolutely. So it's a little bit difficult. But anyway, have we had enough of checks the position? We've had enough of J as a letter. Have we had enough of J as a letter? Okay. At least I did. Look, something nice and um, enjoyable because our our audience had to listen to a lot of jargon about juxtaposition jargon. and metaphor. Jargon, exactly. Um, Grace Jones, I've seen that oh, face before. Yeah.
dans sa chambre, Joël et sa valise, en regard sur ses frangs, sur les murs des photos, sans regret, sans mélodie. La porte est claquée, Joël est barré. So, you didn't believe that we're going to come this far today. No, I didn't. But, but we're we almost did. 15 minutes to the end. Can oh, you really? believe that? Yeah. Finally. Finally, the <laughs> dreadful Jay show is over. It's over. Has it been joyous? A little bit. No. No. It was gray. Gray and miserable. Yeah. What about jouissance? Did you have any? No. Wow. So, it was utter, utter boredom. Dry like prune. Okay. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? Do you really, as a person, know what is the time? I actually know. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what the time it is? I don't know. Poetry time. Oh, that time. Yeah, It's I knew. poetry time. It's every week, so I know. I like. I, do I we know. have poems every, ta- every week? Almost every week. Yeah. And and you've have you found poets for all the for the whole alphabet? Well, almost, almost. Okay, almost. Let's see what's going to happen to this show. We don't know if it's going to continue forever, do we? True. Yeah, we might stop, or maybe they will kick us out here. Yeah, at the who knows? Radio station. Yeah. Anyway, because they will say um, at the beginning it was it fun, was good, but but now you're you've kind of like lost it a little. Yeah, bit, you lost your spark. And and any project that is meant to to last so long, it can't really keep being being interesting. Can yeah, it? no, never. Like juggling. <laughs> no, juggling is never interesting. Not even at the beginning. Actually, when they fail, it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, there is. I think there is a, like a kind of anti anti circus style there circus. Is, yeah. Where they fail and so on, I'm or is that also very cringy? I'm a bit, a bit scared because it's it tries to be funny. It's not really very funny. Yeah, it's usually French people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's always the French. Okay, um, so the poet of today is no other than James Joyce or James Joyce, as <laughs> our Spanish friends say. <laughs> Do they? Oh my yes. goodness, that's dreadful. James Joyce. Yes. Um, oh, James not, Joyce. Uh, Look, I mean, he's not famous as a poet. Obviously, he's famous as the. Um, the he's he is famous as a poet. He's famous as the founder of the modern novel. Let's say the modernist novel. So, he's more of a novelist, uh, James Joyce. But okay. also, his work is like very poetic. It blurs the lines between poetry and prose. And he actually has two poetry collections. Yep. To be fair, like cham- Chamber Music um, 1907 and Pomes Penny Each. Look, I'm not, there's no way 
you're gonna make me read James Joyce because I usually really? I, I always read the. It's really difficult. I cannot read oh, James come on. Joyce. I picked a uh, picked a bit from. <laughs> From what? From Finnegan's way. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> There's no way I'm uh, going to read this. So I instead, to, I to, to do no, that. no, it's not going to happen. So no? instead, I'm going to play James Joyce reading a, an extract himself from Finnegan's Wake. Okay. Well, you know, don't you can or haven't I told you? Every telling has a tailing, and that's the he and the she of it. Look, look, the dusk is growing. My branches lofty are taking root. And my cold chair's gone ashly. Feel, feel, what age is that? It soon is late. Tis endless now since I rare one last saw water houses clock. It took it asunder, I heard them sigh. When will they reassemble it? Oh, my back, my back, my back. I'd want to go to Aixley Pains. Ping, pang, there's the bell for sex alloyters. At Conchetta, they send the spray. Pang. Bring out the clothes, ring in the dew. God of Ari, vert the showers and grant thy grace. Amen. Will we spread them here now? Aye, we will. Flip, spread on your bank, and I'll spread mine on mine. Flap. It's what I'm doing, spread. It's turning chill, their wind is rising. Tones on the hostile sheets. A man and his bride embrace between them, else I'd have folded and sprinkled them only. And I'll tie my butcher's apron here. It's suity yet, the strollers will pass it by. Six shifts, ten churches, nine to hold to the fire, and one for the code, a convent napkins, twelve. One baby shawl. Could Mother Joseph know, she said. Who said? Mother snores. They attach her. Where now are all her children, say? In kingdom gone, or power to come, or glory be to them, Father. All alluvial, all alluvial. Some here, more no more. More again lost on a stranger. I heard tell that same brooch of the Shannons was married into a family in Spain. And all the dunders do done in Martland's Vineland, beyond Brendan's herring pool, takes number nine in Yangtze's hat. And one of Biddy's beads went bobbing till it rounded up lost history with a marigold and a cobbler's candle. In a side strain of a main drain of a man's nuffery's off bachelor's walk. But all that is left to the lost of the Mars, in the loop of the years, prefixed in between, is one knee buckle and two hoops in the front. Do you tell me that now? I do in troth, or are a proorbs at poor las animas. Who's saula will umbers all. Monsieur, didn't you hear it a deluge of times? Oofer and oofer respond to spawn. You did, you did, I need, I need. It's that ear of wadding I've stuck in my arms. It all but hushes beneath the sound. Oh, Ronoco, what's your trouble? Is that the great Finn leader himself in his jaw kimona on his statue right in the high horse there for Hengist? Father of authors, it is himself. Beyond there, is it that, on Fallerine Common, you're thinking of Aspley's amphitheater, where the bobby restrained you making sugar-stuffed pouts to the ghost white horse of the peppers? Throw the cobwebs from your eyes, woman, and spread your washing proper. It's well I know your sort of slop, trap. Ireland sober as Ireland stiff. Lord, help you, Maria, full of grease, the Lord is with me. Your prayers. 
I thought so, Mother Mangut. Are you lifting your elbow, Chalice, blazy cheeks, in Conway's carrigal-colored canteen? Was I what hobbledy hips? Flop. Your rear gates creak or Roman, but your butts disagree. Haven't I up since the damp dawn? Master Mary, all a cook, with Corrigan's pulse and very coarse veins, my pram axle smashed, Alice Jane in the time, and my one-eyed mongrel twice run over, soaking and bleaching boiler rags, and sweating cold, a widow like me, for to deck my tennis champion son, the laundry man with the lavender flannels. You won your limp up all limp from the fusty hussars, when collars and cuffs was there to the town, and your slur gave the stink to Carlo. Holy scamander, I saw it again, near the Golden Falls. I still run it, sense of life. There, subdue your noise, you humble creature. What is it but a blackberry growth? Or that dwyer grey ass and four old codger's owns? Are you meaning Tarpy and Lyons and Gregory? I mean, I'll thank all the four of them, and the roar of them, that drave that stray in the mist, and old Johnny MacDougall along with them. Is that the pool bag flasher, the aunt? Far, far. Or a fireboat coasting near the Kishner, or a glow I behold within a hedge, or my daddy come back from the Indies. Wait till the honeying of the loon, love. Die, Eve, little Eve, die. We see that wonder in your eyes. We'll meet again. We'll part once more. The spot I'll seek is the hour you'll find. My chart shines high where the blue milk's upset. Forgive me quick, I'm going. Goodbye. And you pluck your watch. Forget me not. You're even load. So safe to journey's end. My sights are swimming thicker on me by the shadows to this place. I saw home slowly now by own way, my valley way. To we I too. Rat mine. Very easy. <laughs> it's beautiful though a very few people have read Finnegan's Way but you know one of the four listeners of our show is Irish mm-hmm. so they will get the the accent that's good that's, that's very good. good that's a very good thing so uh, hope you like it you liked it you should and like uh, it Finnegan's Way is a great piece of art true this brings us to the end of today's oh show oh my god we made it we made it such a All difficult show. Sweaty and t- dreadful. Everything from now on will be better. Mercury is not retrograding anymore. No? No. When did it... Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, today... It the first day of our new lives. Okay. So let's say <laughs> the next we're looking up in the next few shows. Absolutely. And with an easier letter to work with as opposed to J and oh H and goodness. I. It's been a very difficult few weeks. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank, thank, you thank you to our listeners. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your patience. You've thank made you. it to this very for difficult show. Thank you for your love, your, your letters. Messages, you know, it's your flowers. The audience is, is very moving what they do for us mm-hmm. and to us. Goodbye. Goodbye with a very hopeful piece of music from the past to Mm -hmm. the future. Mm -hmm. Jean-Michel Jarre.